This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, elegant listeners, and welcome to Go, my favorite sports team. The number one source of sports information and sports news that never gets anything wrong, that will never be proven otherwise, that is definitely at the top and always reporting the most accurate information when it's needed right now to you. Yes, we have the breaking sports news that you never knew that you needed to know now. Absolutely, and we'd never get anything wrong ever in the history of our podcast. We've always been right, and we will n- we will never apologize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the subreddit? I have. I have. Uh, ooh, I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least now people will forget about the hockey primer. (laughs) I I didn't realize that gearheads and uh, motorsports enthusiasts were as angry as hockey fans. Um, Yeah, who who knew? Um, It must be all the the, the lead in the fumes. (laughs) (laughs) They're stuck it on that straight out of the tailpipe. Go faster! (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, so even, uh, I don't think we need to do any excuses today. I don't think, I think, I don't think it's... I would like to personally go ahead and say, Uh I had a conversation with our lead researcher. Okay. And um, apparently they have been undergoing some, uh, some procedures and were under the influence of some anesthesia after effects. Um, when they're doing research for the episode, apparently. And so they, uh, when they're reading on the budget thing, they just are like, yeah, it's just 145 million per car. That's right. And I literally, I was like, Hey, can you send me that source? And I scrolled down in it and it literally goes in. It's like, by the way, this isn't for a car. It's for the whole team, but it, it only covers certain aspects of the car. So the 145 mill is for all parts of the car which includes like the steering wheel to the wheel nuts everything all elements needed to run the car so that's like the fuel Mm -hmm. 
most of the team personnel is paid under that 145 million. Okay. The garage equipment, all of the spare parts, so like spare tires, all of those things, which tires for Formula One are insanely expensive. Uh-huh. Transport costs and everything in between. That's uh-huh. under the cost cap, and it's for both cars. The average price for a Formula One car is actually t- like two to three mil. What isn't in the cost cap, though, uh-huh. are driver salaries, the wages of the three highest paid staff members, travel costs, marketing spends, property and legal costs, entry and license fees, any non-Formula One or road car activities, parental and sick leave payments, and employee bonuses and staff medical benefits. So I imagine the estimate for the total amount, considering how like much money goes into just the drivers themselves, probably still matches about the amount that we were talking about per car for the entire actual both teams combined. Ah, oh. that's that would be my guess. So we weren't wrong. We weren't wrong, but we were kind of wrong. We would like to apologize for our drug-addled researcher. <laughs> <laughs> they, hey, listen, they've been going, they've been going through the ringer apparently, and still getting work done. So, um, props to them. But uh, you know, sometimes you get in a brain fog after anesthesia. We know, Mark. We've been in the hospital so I've many been, times. I've been exactly when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. You couldn't trust a word out of my mouth. Wait, didn't? No, that was a that was a root canal. That one glorious, cringy uh, YouTube video uh, with Ethan, where uh, we sang "I Am Special." Get to settle this like real men. I oh, am special. Uh, <laughs> I walked back into the office after you had a dental procedure, and your lips were still numb. And that was the day that video happened. The recording. Mm-hmm. So. For perspective, you know, just a a little bit of forgiveness would be nice. No, there's no forgiveness here, and there never will be. This will carry us uh, through the next year in terms of complaints and jacuzzes, and we will never rectify it, and we will never correct any information. If you don't believe us in what we said, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're drug-addled. Maybe you're (laughs) delusional. And then the last thing is the the height of the shortest driver. Was last year's stats because they had finished the circuit, so it was based off of last year, which uh, is why I didn't have the new shortest driver who's like five two, five three. Uh huh. Because he just is in the circuit this year. He was not in the circuit last year. Okay. Because when I Googled that, because I believe I searched that online, the first one that popped up was old information, not the most recent. Mm hmm. Okay. So, those, those are the only two things within that that I'll rectify because I felt like we still got the spirit of the sport. I felt like, you know, we didn't dive deep into the history and there's some debatable stuff about world championships and whatnot. But those were the two things that I'll be like, all right, all right. That's on us, you know? Yeah. Well, us. I don't know if I can be lumped into this. I don't, I'm just, I represent the people. So I'm just as outraged as they are. And I got to tell you, they're not outraged at all because I'm not outraged at all. So everything's good. Cool, cool. Because uh, I, I happen to find found a jacuzzi here hmm. from Ken Ryder 279 Yeah. Mark needs to stop using chat GPT. <laughs> I don't know I don't why my voice, like my voice cracked. My voice cracked. That was not, that <laughs> was you not ch- intentional. Listen, you've never been channeling the ghosts. You, ha- you haven't gotten able to handle them like I have. You're right. You're right. Mark, yeah. 
I know you like using ChatGPT, and I understand it's a fun toy to play with, but using ChatGPT for any scientific purposes is not viable for presenting data in a fact that has been proven that ChatGPT makes up information. Uh-huh. So therefore, the information ChatGPT provided you in the Formula One episode cannot be trusted. Plus, I have a house cat, and she's pretty fast. And I don't know much on Formula One cars, but she, for all I know, could be faster unless you use peer-reviewed research on the subject of how fast cats are to Formula One vehicles. So in summary, ChatGPT is a toy, not a viable alternate to scientific research. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a fast cat. (laughs) Are we doing scientific research here? (laughs) I was hoping that people would listen to this episode and cite my sources, <laughs> cite me as a source for uh, how fast a bug is compared to uh, a Formula One car. I was hoping that, that I knew that was a crucial thing of research these days. So um, glad that uh, glad that they pointed out their own hypocrisy. Classic. You know how important it is to get the accurate information for how much it costs for the entire world's supply of edible bugs. Gosh, you get your research right, Mark. Uh, they do have a point, though, to be clear. Uh, ChatGPT is wrong almost all the time. Yep. Except when it's not, which you don't really know unless you confirm everything. So much like the early days of Wikipedia, you got to be like, uh, you can't trust it, even though Wikipedia now is like one of the most reliable sources out there for basic information. But if you're doing a research paper for college or even high school, you should definitely use Wikipedia possibly to find the information, but find and link to the original source that Wikipedia pulled from and verify it. Or make it up, like most people on the internet. Yeah, like what we do, because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, we make up everything. I mean, if they really... The history of how we make up all kinds of stuff with the Roman Empire and the sleds and the falling on people, you know. I mean, that's not made up. That's just true. Exactly. My light went out. Oh, it's not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that fixed. I don't know what it is with me, but I, everything in my room just falls apart. I let things fall apart until it's just not working anymore. Remember when I used to have to hit my computer to yeah. get it to shut up? That yeah. went on for like a year and a half. I really lived with that. And I don't know what it is about me, but I just, man, I really, really, really don't like fixing things in my own home uh, if I don't have to. I feel like it's just like you have your priorities of things you want to focus upon, and those things are minor inconveniences, and you're just like, ah, I don't want to deal with it. I got to do this other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I could. I could. I have lights in my house that are better than this. But for YouTube, it's not really that big of a deal. Or for these podcasts, it's not really that big of a deal. It's kind of funny that it goes off. I think it's an interesting quirk. But yeah, I, I could fix that at any time, and I don't. Classic. So that's on me. My bad. How dare you, Mark? How dare you? I dare it because I can. Good dare. Good dare. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary. Whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Today, we're going to be just kind of covering and updating on the news because we, because of both of our busy schedules, um, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, there are plenty of people yelling at me already like, you didn't cover this. Why didn't you talk about this? Uh, Mark and I both had a lot going on travel-wise, uh, for me, movie-wise, and various stuff. So we actually got ahead on episodes to cover this time frame that uh, we both were not able to record. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to cover a lot of recent events that happened during that time frame because we were just like, we got to, we got to punch out episodes. We got to get them ready to go and take care of the other stuff going on in our lives. So yeah, absolutely. That's our excuse and we're sticking to it. Exactly. Exactly. So I did want to cover something really amazing that happened in major league baseball this year. Okay. What's that? The Texas Rangers won their first world series title ever. Yay. So they won the pinnacle of baseball in America. Cool. Arguably in the world because baseball is America's pastime, America's sport. But during their run, they broke a ton of records. Mm -hmm. For one, they are the only team to ever win the World Series and go undefeated on the road in away stadiums. This simply isn't true. We don't apologize for this mistake, but instead direct you to the truth. While the Rangers are the first team to go 11-0 on the road, other teams have been undefeated on the road in the postseason. In fact, the Cincinnati Reds went fully undefeated in the playoffs in 1976. We talked about home field advantage, the different comforts that you have, the different things that are available to that, whereas the discomforts of having to travel and go to other stadiums and play in hostile crowds and environments. Yep. So... It could possibly be an all-time record across all sports for the 11-0 run, mm-hmm. but a lot of them say it's thanks to the road dog mentality and an expanded playoff road field. Dog. We're on the road. We're dogs on the road. Road dog. But because of the expanded playoffs, people found that beating the all-time record for road wins in a postseason was exceptional because they extended the field so there were more games total played. Uh-huh. But still going undefeated on the road is unheard of. Yeah. One of their players set a record for most doubles in the postseason. A rookie, 21-year-old Evan Carter, made all sorts of history in the postseason, particularly this one, because he was the youngest player since Mickey Mantle to bat third in World Series. He roped a double in the seventh inning of the World Series, giving him a postseason record nine doubles for the entire postseason run, Mm -hmm. which basically... Getting a hit is difficult enough, mm-hmm. getting on base, but getting a extra base, getting the second base on your hit nine times in so many games is insane, especially for a rookie. 
that sounds impressive to me. I don't really know how else to quantify it other than yippee, wahoo. Yeah. Yay! Will Smith, different Will Smith, not the Will Smith you probably think of. Are you sure? Yes. First player to three-peat with three different teams. So not only did he win the World Series on the team this year, he won a World Series on the team he was on last year and on the team that he was in the year before that. He has been on three teams over three years and won the World Series each year. Damn, that's pretty good. So he won on the Atlanta Braves in 2021, the Houston Uh Astros in 2022, and now Mm -hmm. the Texas Rangers this year. Gotcha. Speaking of, Texas as a state is the first state to ever win two World Series back-to-back with two different teams because Houston Astros and then the Texas Rangers have won it in the last two years. Cool. One of the pitchers tied a postseason win record with five wins, joining Randy Johnson, Steven Strasburg, and Francisco Rodriguez as winning five games as a pitcher. His name is Nathan Evalda. Of Evaldi, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's E-O-V-A-L-D-I. So getting those wins is huge. Damn. Adolis Garcia set a postseason RBI record, which means uh, RBIs are runs batted in. So he was at the plate, hit the ball, and his at-bat allowed a run to score. He had eight homers and drove in 22 runs for the postseason RBI record. Beyond that, he got injured in Game 3 of the World Series and didn't play in the final two games of the World Series. So imagine how big that record would have been if he had possibly played the last two. Then uh, another player there set an all-time record for plate appearances in the postseason. So he basically just stepping up to the plate 835 times in the postseason. All right. Well, in other news associated with that, in the heart of the city of Chuckleburg, the baseball team known as the Giggle Goblins had been underdogs for decades. Their rivals, the Snort Snails, had always sneered misfortune but this year was different <laughs> leading the charge was their star pitcher lefty loopy legs Lefty's pitches were as unpredictable as his name curving and zigzagging in ways defying physics and uh behind the plate was catcher buster belly laughs whose guffaws could be heard from the outfield whenever the batter missed <laughs> <laughs> At first base stood tall, slightly uncoordinated Stumblefoot Schmeagle. His ability to trip over his own feet but still catch the ball was a sight to behold. Second base, fastest goblin, dash dizzy runner. Steal bases in blink of an eye. We got a shortstop, jumpy McTwist. <laughs> Known for his acrobatics. We got Grizzy Chuckles, right fielder Whiffy McSwing Miss. <laughs> So, anyway, I just wanted to, like, here's a a test for people at home. One of us was reading a fake article written by (laughs) ChatGPT. The other was reading a real one. I bet you guys can't tell which one's the real one. (laughs) Just so you guys know, ChatGPT is accurate to sometimes. Not that I was reading the ChatGPT article. (laughs) <laughs> Just let's let the subreddit figure out which one of us is lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. I got I got another news story, Tyler. All right, all right, I'm ready, I'm ready. There's a cheating scandal that's sweeping through college football right now. Oh, really? It's uh, Yeah, it's all breaking at the moment. The world of college football was rocked by a scandal that could only be dubbed the Great Sign Snafu. Ooh. It all began when the team knows as the guffawing geckos, the perennial underdogs, we all know them, suddenly started winning games in a suspiciously decisive manner. The commissioner of the league, Bumblebee Toot Whistle, a man known for his pinstripe suits and mustache that curled at the ends was the first to raise an eyebrow. Meanwhile, the streets were abuzz with opinions. Muffin Doodle, a local baker and football fanatic, couldn't believe what she was hearing. Those geckos? Cheating? Why, I'd believe my cupcakes could fly first, she exclaimed, dusting flour off her apron. Down at the local watering hole, Tipsy McStagger, a frequent patron and self-proclaimed sports guru, slurred his theory... <laughs> It's totally honest, hey, I tell you, those geckos just got lucky, like finding a four-leaf clover in a field of daisies. Mm-hmm. The media frenzy reached its peak when the chief of police, Sir Gigglesworth Fluffernutter III, stepped in to investigate. His name alone made headlines, and his investigative techniques were as unconventional as his moniker. Anyway, is bad. Yeah? Yeah. So how were they cheating? You said it was sign-stealing, but they didn't... They never, they never said anything. One second, <laughs> I, I gotta pay for the article. Behind the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hold on, it's loading. It's a very dense article. Okay, the scandal came to light when a local fan, Binky Bobblehat, renowned for his vast collection of novelty hats, witnessed something peculiar at the game. I saw the Jackrabbits coach, Sneaky Peak Wobblebottom, using a series of bizarre hard hand gestures, he reported, adjusting his hat shaped like a giant football. The plot thickened when the investigative journalist Scribble Von Doodle uncovered that the Jackrabbits had a secret operative, op- operative in the rival team's camp. This operative, only known as the Gesture Jester, great name was a master of disguise blending in with the ball boys cheerleaders and even masquerading as a hot dog vendor uh mastermind behind the elaborate scheme was none other than the jackrabbit strategic coach professor puzzle noggin using a sophisticated system of binoculars reflective surfaces and an intricate code of hand signals they managed to intercept and decipher the opponent's play calls yep so they they involved the professor in their scheme in order for them to steal the signs of the opposing team and get an advantage. Yeah, Professor Puzzle Noggin. He must have a mind for puzzles. Yeah, he also used hidden cameras and lip-reading experts to unravel the web of deceit. Wow. Mm-hmm. In other football news, because apparently that's all I like to talk about, the Miami Dolphins broke a record mm-hmm. for most points scored in a game by scoring 70 points. 70 points in week three with 10 touchdowns and total yards on offense at 726. 
by winning 70 to 20 on this. What? This date makes no sense. It is, it's not even telling me. Okay. They did it uh, at New England. So they beat their rival New England with a shellacking 70 to 20 victory. A shellacking? Yes. A shellacking? Running backs Devon Arcane had uh, four touchdowns, 233 yards, and Raheem Mo- uh, Mostert had four touchdowns on 142 yards. They Both running backs accounted for a total of eight touchdowns and 375 yards of total offense. Wow. Shellacking actually is a term for a decisive defeat. It's also a term for varnish, um, which is what I thought it was. Uh, but it also is known for an utter defeat, a sound thrashing. You actually didn't know that one? I didn't know shellacking was a term for a defeat, no. Oh. You know that in a total, uh, guess which one was the fake article you'll never get. You know, in a weird in a weird thing, I actually saw a TikTok that's actually quite old at this point, but there was a TikTok talking about how language is taught in schools. And it mm-hmm. was um, kind of uh, complaining about the current methodology, which is whole word language teaching, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the concept being like, as opposed to just purely phonetic and stuff like that, but with an emphasis on understanding enough words that you could get new definitions through context clues of the sentence, right? And it was a disparaging take on that, and I thought it was really interesting because I didn't know shellacking as that term, but I knew what you meant from using the word shellacking in the context that you said it. So that's that's that was my belief in terms of, like, that's how language should be taught. But there's a lot of people out there who believe that um, or kind of scoff at the idea that kids should be taught whole word or whole language study based on the concept of you would need to know the meaning of every word in the English dictionary, which is not necessarily what that methodology is. But also it's like, yeah, kind of. There's a certain threshold, especially in language learning, there's a certain threshold of words known that allows you to then acquire new knowledge of words without looking them up in the dictionary. And that's through context. And you get to that point with a surprisingly few number of words, you can you can understand most the most common words in languages usually is around 2,000 to 3,000 words that allow you to acquire anywhere from 80 to 95% of all languages spoken throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. rare in normal conversation for different words to come in. But this, this take was that language shouldn't be taught that way. It should be taught phonetically. But for me, phonetics, that's like the two plus two of of language, like yeah, you need to learn what the sounds are. But in learning Korean, you can learn the phonetics of the alphabet in a day. Literally, you could learn yeah. it in a day. Um, there are exceptions and rules and pronunciation things all the time. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Because there's uh, there's apparently like a rising problem in uh, language today with kids becoming more illiterate, becoming less literate than they have been in the past. And it's kind of a trend that literacy is falling. Whereas I thought, given the age of cell phones and all the things that people are reading online, I thought reading comprehension would go up, but it's going down. And I'm like, what is what is the deal? I have no idea. So I, I agree with you on the context being important because that's the way we naturally learn to speak anyway, by listening mm-hmm. to our parents and stuff like that, everything within context and understand the relatability in our environment. That's a natural learning stuff as we're a child. Mm-hmm. It, to me, that just makes sense. And I, I, I struggle with language. I struggled with mm-hmm. language since I was a kid. I've always been a slow reader, stuff like that. But I find the way that I have learned words the most is by reading books and finding mm-hmm. words that I don't understand and understanding the context of what it probably means and then double checking by looking up the definition. 
just the other day I was typing something and I, I have a bad habit and you know this where I will say words wrong or I'll put the wrong word in something that where I think it means something and I, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. And so what I've started doing as I type something out or want to write something is I look it up. But the thing is the definition isn't what helps me. It's looking at how it's used in a sentence mm-hmm. and figuring out the context for how that word generally is used in everyday language. And I'll l- usually look up multiple sentence examples for me to be like, oh, okay, so that's how you kind of phrase using this word and stuff like that. Because for me, like understanding the categories of the words and stuff like that is not helpful. It's helpful for quizzes when I was in English class, but it's like, I know how that works in a sentence. I don't need to know exactly what that word is to know how to use it. And I think Mm -hmm. the usability as well as the be able to then read it within the context of when you're going to see the actual words makes the most sense. So I do feel uh, along the same way as you that the context is more important because even learning Mm -hmm. Spanish, we learned the Spanish alphabet and I was like, this just seems like a waste of time and useless. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's this is specifically about reading, too, because speaking, I I believe that speaking, barring quite a few examples, but not many, like in the grand scheme of things, speaking is a pretty ubiquitous thing where most people learn their native language on a speaking level and they don't even need to think about it. But reading is a different concept in, in terms of like it's a different skill. A lot of uh, scientists believe that we as humans lost a lot of our instantaneous short-term memory because we made room for the ability to read and understand language and those patterns and things have space in the brain and, and different centers in the brain to comprehend stuff like that. But it's still a skill. It's, it's, uh, it's not a skill you need to survive, but it's a skill that you kind of need in society. And so one thing that I want to point out for everyone out there is like I and probably you have read so much that I don't say the words in my mind when I'm reading. And I, I know this is kind of like a... a there's a divide. Some people like when they read, they they say the words in their head with their 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 thoughts, and they they read it out in there. When I'm reading, I don't say the words in my head. It's it's a it, I read fast, and I'm not saying I'm the fastest reader in the world, but I read fast enough that my mind is conjuring what is occurring without even being aware of the words that are being said. If there's dialogue, I'll that'll be read in my head just because I hear the character voicing that. But yeah, so when it comes down to phonetics. There's a certain point where phonetics break down because phonetics will slow you down, especially if you're just phoneticizing everything in your head. And that's why when you're reading something, by the time you finally actually say it out loud, if you're discussing a book, you may not know how to pronounce it. But that's why, like, you know, Tyler, you'll say words and sometimes the pronunciation will be slightly different. It's very rare, but I think it was archive you said at one point. (laughs) (laughs) That was I remember arguing that I felt like it could be said in both ways. And I was like. Archive is used, it's said this way when it's this meaning, but you say archive when it's like you're actually storing something or you're, and instead of searching the archives, you're searching the archives is what mm-hmm. I used to say. And then I looked it up <laughs> afterwards and I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> anyway, so this is a side tangent, but it was just like that, that made me think of that. So whatever. I mean, it's very fitting because it goes into the sign stealing aspect because the way that you're able to compute like that team you were talking about that was cheating, mm-hmm. um, which sounds a lot like they copied what Michigan is actually doing in the NCAA right now and stealing oh, really? signs of other teams. Yeah, they had a staff member going and recording sidelines and stuff like that. But um, the way that you're able to figure out the signals is literally the context in which you see what they're doing and then you apply it to whatever play is run and then you go back because they'll do fake signals as well. And so intermix, they figure out the pattern of what results in certain things happening on the field. So it's all contextual. 
Yeah, it, it just is like humans are good at pattern recognition. It's just a thing in sports or any other thing is like pattern recognition is important. Cognitive thinking or, or uh, not cognitive thinking. Um, What's it? Uh, What's the word? Was the other problem? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my like God. You forget words so quickly. Uh, what is it? Oh, deductive reasoning. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deductive reasoning is the is I believe deductive reasoning is a skill that needs to be taught as opposed to the, all knowledge can be acquired through proper deductive reasoning and analytical methods. And that is the basis. But you need to start somewhere in the one plus ones and the two plus twos and the two times twos. It all builds on the base knowledge, but it all stems from a, a deep ability to exercise deductive reasoning. And context clues is, is another facet of deductive reasoning. And it's important in sport. It is important in sport because uh, the, the athletes that are playing when they're on the field, they have, are at such a level that they their pattern recognition is tuned so that it's subconscious. That's kind of like skill building when it's at an elite level. And, and so when someone's on the field, like a football field, and they're looking at people making moves... They can predict what they're going to do with a high level of confidence because they've seen it enough from their perspective to have a better understanding of what they're about to do. And this gets extremely complicated when the other person also is a professional who understands that they understand the patterns that they're going to do and then they can trick them. There was a funny TikTok about someone who was like trying to get by uh, in soccer. They were trying to like trick someone but the the caption was like when you play against someone who doesn't know how to play soccer and they couldn't get past them because they weren't falling for any of their feints so mm -hmm. it was like the guy was like doing all kinds of like fancy footwork and the guy was just like i'm looking at the ball <laughs> and this, the, the other guy was like this guy's impossible how can he do it and like that's kind of the funny thing when you get to such a high level that you think ah but you know what i'm thinking but i know that you know what i'm thinking so i'm gonna think of something different because i know you know what i'm thinking is like what meanwhile the other person's like dun 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 baby shark you know it's like there's a, there's a certain level where it can break down because the other person just isn't even playing the same game Dude, you might have literally defined why beginner's luck is considered a thing. It might not be luck. It's just because you're oh, so absolutely. dumb. You don't fall for the fakes or the different stratagems. You're just focused on the skills that you simply know how to do. And yeah. so you're able to completely ignore the things that a professional or somebody who's been experienced in it and just focus on the simple fundamentals to where your lack of skill is actually a benefit or lack of knowledge is actually a benefit because you just you just don't fall for the tricks, the normal tricks that would work against a pro. Absolutely. I used to always wonder why whenever I was doing something new, I would start out good at it and then get bad. And the whole thing is like when you don't know how to do anything, you fall back on your subconscious because you have no uh, basis. And then you go through this period where you have to you have to consciously think about what you're doing. And when you consciously think about it, it slows down your reactions incredibly. It makes you second guess yourself. The whole thing about learning a skill and like, you know, they call it the, the, what is it? The, the peak of peak of Mount Stupid, you know, in the learning oh, yeah. curve, and then you go into the Valley of Despair. Is like when you're thinking of something, you're just trying to work it up so that you can be subconscious at what you're trying to do. That takes a very long time. Literally, neurons have to move and grow and connect towards you're doing. Your your brain is such a plastic, mobile thing. Even now, scientists are just starting to learn just how 
plastic and and you know not solid your brain's connections are to the point where nerves will move not just connect but move to different places in your brain where they're needed to be able to reinforce new patterns that are occurring and that just takes time grow imagine you're trying to grow your arm back it's like that's going to take a long time your cells are literally growing and connecting but that and constantly learning new things is what keeps your brain plastic, young, and agile. Um, and that's the most important thing going into uh, the old age that we are reaching now. So, for those of you out there, and the reason behind this podcast is to expand your mind to understand sport. Whether you don't like sport, didn't care for sport, hated sport, this is helping you with that particular point that Mark just made. You're learning something new. You're finding new passions. You're being able to connect with people and being able to expand your horizons. This is making you smarter, whether you like it or not. And uh, those that think they're really deep into one sport, you'll probably still get more information. And even then, when I'm wrong, which never happens, totally never happens. Of course not. It's still making you exercise your brain in order for you to attempt to correct me because you are recalling the fact and be like, hey, wait a second, that's wrong. So my mistakes are helping you. Exactly. Exactly. So always try to be learning something new because it's the deductive reasoning of trying to figure out how things work that keeps us always learning. And no matter what, I know it's depressing. Life is a lifelong exercise in learning and you never stop learning. Yeah, but it can be fun. Learning can be fun. It can be. But anyway, I was Tyler Scheid, your host. We never really introduced ourselves this time. And Mark Markiplier, your other host, talking about the news that you knew that maybe you didn't know that's new to you from sports. Yes. All right. This was a uh, this was a great episode, Mark. It's uh, great to finally see you again after so long. That hasn't been that long. Feels like forever. Feels like two weeks, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, buddy. I miss you too. Um, but thanks so much for listening. Go check out the merch at store.gmfst.com. Go check out, we we have an Instagram now and a TikTok. So if you want to go check both of those out, the Instagram is GMFST podcast because somebody stole GMFST. And then TikTok is GMFST. We're posting clips and different stuff with uh, new and unique edits. Thanks, Will. You're great. Go check us out and make sure if you're only listening to this on audio, there is video available exclusively on Spotify. So spotify check it out check it out all right thanks mark any other final words you have no no i'll have more to talk about in the next episode all right bye everyone